your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. On Radio Nova. Now the Zombies have released some of the most popular and best loved hits of the 60s. She's Not There, Tell Her No and Time of the Season, which were all Rod Argent compositions. Um, obviously the real triumph came for the band when uh, they released Odyssey and Oracle in 1968, which along with the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Love's Forever Changes formed the classic quartet of rock pop mar- masterpieces released between the years of 1966 and 1968. And indeed it's been a rather triumph in 2015 for the Zombies having performed at Glastonbury and having just released their sixth studio album Still Got That Hunger on October the 9th and now joining me backstage is Rod Arden of the Zombies and Rod thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me today so let's go back to the beginning and the golden era of the 60s um, you guys of course were on par and a part of that whole British invasion alongside the likes of the Beatles the Stones and the Kings but can you give me a bit of an insight into what it was like to have been a part of it all well it was it was a great time to be young and to be a musician, actually, because um, if you can imagine it, it was the time really, I mean, austerity just stopped, really, uh, or, or, or faded away um, when rock and roll started in about 1955, 56, when, when Elvis sort of really broke down the first barriers. And um, from, from that time onwards, it was... Uh, it was just an explosion of creativity, really, and particularly from the 60s onwards, um, when uh, the UK was really the, the centre um, of music and the arts. Um, anything seemed possible. The record companies um, didn't... Um, they didn't actually um, know, really, quite what was going on. So they just left everything up to you, you know. Um, and so it was a time of... Of, of, of boundaries being broken down all over the place and a huge amount of creativity going on. And it was just a, it was just a great time to be young. Everything was so positive. Um, and exploration was going on in all the arts, really, but particularly in music. And, and the centre of things was definitely in, in the UK. So it was a very exciting time to be, you know, there and a musician. Oh, it sounds incredible. I'm sure there's some mus- musicians listening in going, oh, no creative control from the side of the record labels. How amazing to be able to have your own kind of freedom in terms of what you want to do in the studio and all that. It's amazing. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, because now everything's so tied down, so categorised, mm. um, and, and, and people just try and slot everything into, um, you know, one particular category, and, uh, and then it just wasn't like that. And, and, and partly because... The, the older guard that was running the record companies really had no idea um, what, what the young people were responding to. So they left it up to us, and, and, it, and it created a very healthy sort of atmosphere, I have to say. Oh, it's so nice to hear. How, how things have changed so much. I mean, you've got so many musical genres now, and people are yeah. into so many different things. I remember reading an interview with you before saying, you know, when the Beatles were on TV for the first time, everyone in school was talking about it. Everyone was united in, in watching the one thing. But now there's so many different various platforms, socially, online, on TV. You know, what is it like now for you to be involved in music today compared to how it was then? And obviously, it's a big difference, like... Well, I mean, it is hugely different. I mean, as you say, things uh, are so fragmented now, mm. whereas um, in the old days, everything was very much a shared experience. Um, and you could be sure that whatever was number one and that was showing on top of the pops or whatever um, w- would be known by virtually everybody um, in, in whatever country you were in. I mean, it was, it, it, it was something that was a totally shared experience because 
Um, everyone watched the one channel. Um, people spoke about it the next day. And it was the same in, 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 in other arts as well as music, in, mm. in drama, in theatre. Um, but um, many things are very, very different now. I mean, it is much more frag fragmented. But at the same time, um, I still think what um, communicates with people is, is great performance. And I think that um, with all the technology involved in making records now, for instance, um, which has changed so much, it's still, in the end, about capturing a performance and communicating it to people. Um, and, and, and that's what still um, gets, gets the pulses racing and, and the fires going, you know. It, it's, um, it, so much of it is the same as well. I mean, when we play on stage, it feels, it feels a real privilege to be this age and to be on stage and feeling the same energy coming back from the audience and, and being able to give out that same energy as when we were 18 years old. Oh. I mean, that, uh, most of my friends are retiring now, you know, or, or retired or whatever. Um, but um, to be out there and feel there's a creative path forward um, because you're in this business, that hasn't changed. You know, the sense of what you're doing, of getting a real buzz out of playing with a great group of musicians and creating energy and getting energy from... Um, creating a new piece of music. I mean, that's still hugely important to, to Colin and me. Mm. Um, that's why we're doing it still, so that we can, we can write new songs, record new songs, and get that buzz and that feeling um, that you get out of creating something new. Wow, I've got a little tear in my eye. That is so heartwarming. Well, no one told me about her The way she lied well, no one told me about her. How many people cried But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her She's not there Well, let me tell you about the way she looked The way she had the color of her hair Her voice was soft and cool
Zombies, she's not there, I won't lie. I was pulling some moves in the studio just there and I'm joined backstage by Rod Argent, the incredible keyboardist and co-founder of the band. Now, Rod, it was so wonderful to hear you gush about your love for music and playing live. And it's quite apt, I guess, even now the new record still got the hunger and it's only been about 50-odd years. I know. <laughs> we, were, we were in the States. we just come back from a six-week tour in America. Oh, wow. Um, how does that go? Uh, and the new album and, and the shows were getting fantastic re- reviews, oh, I have to say. And then Rod. I got a call from Billboard, the, the trade magazine over yeah. there for your listeners that, that, that um, you know, has all the American charts and, 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 and keeps a tally of all that. Um, and they said, do you realize that um, you, your, your albums made the top 100 album sales? for the first time in 50 years. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and, and, you know, what a fantastic feeling. Oh, um, you know, to still feel that that is a possibility and there's that sort of um, energy and, and reception going on. It's, it's just a great feeling. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys are clearly still doing it very, very well. Um, and, you know, speaking of the whole live scenario, I mean, looking at the new track, New York, and I believe yeah. that embraces a real experience you guys experienced the first time when you played in New York. Can you tell me about that Murray K Christmas show in 64? Well, you know, we went over there. We were 19 years old, um, and we were scared because we, we were playing. Um, we were playing on Christmas Day, 1964, eight o'clock in the morning, six shows a day uh, wow. for a 10-day residency. Yeah. And um, we were playing in front of some of our real heroes, people like um, Benny King, the Drifters, the Shirelles, uh, Chuck Jackson, Patti LaBelle, um, Dion Warwick, um, and we thought they're going to hate us because they're going to say. Who are these young white kids coming over, you know, trying to play American music? They're going to think it's a pale imitation, you know. And we were scared, but it wasn't like that at all. We, we walked in, and they really took us to their hearts, and particularly Patti LaBelle. I remember Patti um, talking uh, to us and saying, you've got to check out this new kid on the block, Aretha Franklin, you know. And that was before her Atlantic Soul days, even, when she was just doing cabaret things. And she told us about Nina Simone. And so that... That second verse in the song, which was the first, which actually came to me when I was driving in the car one day with the, the melody and the whole lyrics and everything. When, when, we, when I say, um, I walked into the Brooklyn Fox that snowy Christmas day and Patty and her bluebells simply stole my heart away. She took me to Aretha Franklin, showed me so much soul and helped us join the party with our English rock and roll. And that was so true. That's exactly how we felt. Um, and it was it was a really magical experience. It was it it was fantastic to be, you know, in, English white um, and uh, very young, and and to be accepted by all these fantastic people. What an amazing experience! And Aretha Franklin, new kid on the block. <laughs> He'd have been there at the really? start. Well, she'd amazing. never done anything in the soul vein at all. She was doing things like "My Love Has No Bottom," "My Love Has No Top." You know, oh, it was just uh, very cabaret sort of stuff. Yeah. I remember it was a great voice, absolutely one of the best. I I was talking to Colin actually a few years back, and he was telling me about touring or performing with the Shangri Las. And it seemed like you guys both embraced this whole stagecraft. And as you're saying before, the live aspect is so important, and you still get a buzz out of it. But can you tell me about what used to happen when Mary Vice was introduced to the stage? Oh well, I mean, what you mean on the Murray the K show? Was it on that show where, yeah, there was a motorbike involved? Uh, there were two things that went on. Um, <laughs> first, they, they did a couple of songs. One was, one was um, Leader of the Pack, um, where, where there was a motorbike involved. The other one was Give Him a Great Big Kiss. Now, on Leader of the Pack, um, Hugh, our drummer, um, had to um, 
rev up a, a real motorbike and, and zoom to the front of the stage where Mary was singing. <laughs> that, that, that went on. But on Give Him a Great Big Kiss, I used to have to walk to the front of the stage and plant a smacker on... Uh, um, on to Mary on the Shangri-La. Oh, per you, you were landed with that awful task. Well, somebody's <laughs> got to do it. I mean, I have to say. <laughs> okay, so tell me, Rod, when are you coming to Ireland? Well, I would love to come to Ireland. I don't know. We're not coming to Ireland on this leg of the UK tour. Okay. Um, I love the feeling there, I yeah. have to say, so I would love to come back. I'm sure we will before too long. I, I really am. I mean, we've got this, this uh, new body of work with a new material, with a new, material the new album. And we really do feel it's, it's the best thing we've done for very, very many years. And we want to, um, you know, we want to bring it to all the people that we can, actually. We want to work it, you know, for the next, next year or two. So we're, I'm sure we'll be coming to Ireland. Is that a promise, Rod? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice one. Okay, you heard it here in Radio Nova. Rod Argent of the Zombies, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, great pleasure. Thank you so much for that. Um, So, yeah, you can get your hands on the new record from the Zombies. It's called Still Got That Hunger. It's released on Cherry Red Records. It's been out less than a month now, released on October the 9th. So, fingers crossed that uh, the Zombies will be coming over here very shortly. Backstage Entertainment Update. Now, whoever has tickets for you too, of course, you were very, very lucky because it's completely sold out. But fear not, there are so many great gigs coming up this weekend, over the coming week. And to help us out with those gig picks is Mark Cavanaugh of the Star. Well, Mark, how's it going? Hi, Sinead. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you very much. So, so you're off to a special gig, I believe, tomorrow night? I am indeed. Mr. Kurt Vaughan, The Violators. I'm interviewing him before the show. Very excited. It's going to be a great show. That's at Vigor Street in Dublin, and tickets mm. for that still available, €25. Euro. Stoner Troubadour Kurt has just delivered one of the albums of the year, in my opinion, Believe I'm Going Down on Matador, on which his singular conversational delivery is so intimate, it at times sounds like he's talking just to you, and each line has come to him just at that moment. In a live setting, he can come across like someone who's just stumbled out of bed and onto stage, but he is also a natural performer, and as you know yourself, he's got plenty of great songs to play. Yeah, and I do like Vicar Street for those kind of gigs as well, it's going to be great. Moving on to something completely different now, National Concert Hall, this would be amazing on Wednesday. David Lynch Productions can't really be separated from their scores and songs from the misty Twin Peaks to the jazz interludes and scuzzy rockabilly that ooze through his films are synonymous with the man. This celebration of Lynch-curated music features songs from Roy Orbison, David Bowie, Chris Isaac and more with performances by Stuart Staples of Tinder Sticks, Johnny Beth of Savages, Mick Harvey, X of the Bad Seeds, Connor O'Brien from Villagers, and many more besides. That's Wednesday night in the National Concert Hall. Quite a few of those kind of gigs on there lately, and I've been to a couple, and they're great. Moving on to the Modfather. Also on Wednesday night in the <laughs> Olympia, the former jam and style council frontman has hit a bit of a purple patch again in recent years. Since 2008's 22 Dreams, when he began embracing madcap experiments in freeform jazz, folk, and synth rock, and his latest outing, Saturn's Pattern, while not as good as maybe the more recent albums continues the run of form nice I mean a lot of excited people for that one Paul Weller in the flesh in the beautiful venue of the Olympia and and band I think it's sort of a personal favourite for both of us really isn't it this yeah one? the thank you single is one of my favourite singles yeah, from 2015 awesome. all twins next Friday at the Academy Irish band to uh, go along and give big support to hmm, a Friday you say I might just be there myself keep your hands off Kurt tomorrow night <laughs> excuse me <laughs> Mark Gavin thanks so much enjoy your trip to London you cheers yeah make us jealous New Order on Tuesday and Brandon Flair's on Monday. Get out, Mark, get out. 
next Saturday on Backstage. I will be joined by Kurt Vile on the show next Saturday. Tonight's show was dedicated to all those who we've lost, all those who are suffering as a result of the unforgivable evil of terrorist attacks in Paris. Up next is Peter Devlin with the Saturday soundtrack. He's got music on the way from the Beatles, Paul Weller and the War on Drugs. It's time now for the Radio Nova News update at 7. Have a great weekend, guys.